Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host and the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, which is a advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift your dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. We believe at Alzheimer's Speaks that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we can remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those live with the disease continue to live with purpose and be connected to our communities. Together, we can help everybody understand understand the true needs of uh, Alzheimer's disease and the other various dementias. We know we're making a difference because we were so lucky to be awarded the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz, and by no means did we do that alone. So I want to thank all of our listeners. It's your likes and clicks and shares with your Facebook families, with your Google circles, with your LinkedIn groups um, that is making a difference. There are so many people in our lives and in our in our sphere of influence that are dealing with this this disease who haven't even told us. And so the more information we can push out to them and have ready um, when the time is right for them to grab it, Um, It's just going to make everybody's life so much easier. And so I encourage you to continue to share this information because you are making a huge, huge difference to so many. As always with our show, we love to have people call in and participate or chat with us via the chat box. So if you signed in via Facebook, you can utilize the chat box um, or you can call in live at 714 Three six four four seven five seven. Again, that's seven one four three six four four seven five seven. And today's show, we are lucky enough to have the executive director from Alzheimer's Disease International with us, and Mark Wortman is going to be sharing with us a new study released about um, reducing the risk. Um, for dementia. So this organization is just doing so many cool things, pulling us together globally that I just really always enjoy our conversations with Mark. Um, But before I go there, I always just like to give a shout out to a few different organizations that I think it's vital that people know about. 
Alzheimer's Disease International, of course, is one I always talk about, so we'll hear more more about them uh, when I have Mark on the show. Because it's World Alzheimer's uh, Month, I also want to mention um, the Purple Angel Project. This is a new global symbol for dementia. Anybody can utilize this symbol and help raise awareness. It doesn't cost you any money, and it just takes moments to partake. Um, this was a symbol that was designed by Norms McNamara and Jane Moore, who um, Norms is actually living with dementia over in the UK. And um, Alzheimer's Speaks is going to kind of be the U.S. launch because the program has gotten so big, um, which is absolutely fabulous. So you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Go to our About page, and there you'll see a tab for the Purple Angel. And you can read a little bit more about the history of it and how you can get the downloads uh, to share information and and help expand um, the awareness and the education on, on dementia. Our goal is for the Purple Angel to be as well-known and as well-respected and accepted as the pink ribbon is for breast cancer. So um, you're our our foot soldiers out there helping us do that. So I want to thank you all in advance. And again, both individuals and companies um, can utilize this symbol. Uh, if you are looking for holistic modes of approach uh, towards the disease, check out Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. They really focus on diet, exercise, meditation, things of that nature. And they also have a lot of free educational uh, programs that they provide, as well as they've always got some contests going to. If you're dealing specifically with Lewy body, uh, dementia or frontal temporal lobe, or maybe you're dealing with some aphasia, which for those of you that aren't aware of that, it has to do with speech. Um, there are national organizations that can help you with those specific diseases as well. And um, I need to give a shout out to Alzheimer's Music Connect. Um, again, I am so excited. They just do fabulous work. Um, their work is research-based um, to help people with dementia um, and you can go to their site. Again, it's Alzheimer's Music Connect. Look for a holiday CD that's coming out. It is absolutely fabulous, and it'll be it'll be just a great reminiscing and connection piece for so many. And then I am so proud to be working with HealthStar Home Care, um, Home Health Care. They um, are just doing marvelous work here in Minnesota. They just opened up their first memory cafe. They did the first memory screen that we've had at our state fair. They actually did over 2,200 screenings and they touched base with about 14,000 people. And that wasn't just handing them a brochure. That was having some very intimate conversations because I was out there with them for a portion of that. And then, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, my friends at Puzzle With Me and Jiminy Wicket. Both are, are great opportunities for people to connect and engage when they're, um, when they're dealing with someone with dementia. So uh, go ahead and check all of those great resources out. And there's so many more that we also have listed on alzheimerspeaks.com if you go to our resource directory. If you're a provider of any product, service, or tool dealing with dementia or caregiving, you can also input your resources into the directory at no cost. Again, Alzheimer's Speaks is about raising voice of everyone and keeping that 
that field of play open so that people can tap into the services that they need when they need them. As a daughter dealing with this disease with my own mother for 30 years, I understand the importance of that. And so we're here, we're here to help on that. So let me go ahead and introduce um, our guest today. This is a special show because, as we, as you know, uh, usually we do shows just on Tuesdays, but we've been having a lot of special shows uh, during the month of um, September due to World Alzheimer's Day. Mark Wortman is the Executive Director of Alzheimer's Disease International, and we have been lucky enough to have him with us many times on the show. And again, this is an organization of all the Alzheimer's associations around the world, and they are really trying to pull the world together on a global level um, to work together. And I'm not going to... um, say a whole lot more than that um, because uh, Mark can speak to his his uh, organization much better much better than I can but <clears throat> again doing some amazing amazing um, work <clears throat> and we have seen some great great changes just in the, in the last few years with the, the global summits and so forth that are, are coming on. Today we're going to focus on a new study that was released, though. So welcome to the show, Mark. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks very much for having me. Well, good. Um, we're, we're excited yes, to talk about this, this new report um, that was just published. Do you want to give us some details on that, on what it's sure, about? Yes. And, yeah. And, of course, I wanted to say that this is a special month, the month of September now, since three years we have World Alzheimer's Month. And it originally started with World Alzheimer's Day in 1994, but it has very much expanded. And there are so many activities around the world that it's really amazing. And we probably only see 10% of those. But anyway, what ADI, Alzheimer's Disease International, is doing every year now is bring out a report on uh, a hot topic, and I'm sure that this year we have a, a very good topic that many people talk about. So how can you reduce your risk of getting dementia? Are there any, is there any evidence that, uh, that there are certain risk factors that are modifiable? We know, of course, that the main risk factor of getting Alzheimer's disease or other dementias is age, and we can't do anything about that. Um, but what we uh, studied in this report is uh, through a systematic review. That means uh, looking at all the studies that are done on a specific topic and then just not the the outcome of one study, but adding up a number of studies that gives you probably a better, better insight. And we looked at four domains. So the first one is um, developmental and early life factors. The second is psychological factors. Then the third one, lifestyle, and the fourth one is cardiovascular risk factors. And what we found is, well, it's not me, but the research group that did the work, is that uh, there is strong evidence that the dementia risk increases with uh, with low education, and then with uh, with high hypertension in midlife, and with diabetes and smoking during the life course. So therefore. Uh, factors with a really strong evidence. Okay, can you and, repeat uh, those for? Yeah. Can you repeat those again for our audience? Those four factors. I want to make sure people have a chance yeah. to jot those down if they'd like. Yeah, 
So one thing is is low education is a risk factor. So people who are higher educated seem to get dementia later in their life, a few years later than people with low education. Of course, there's not so much you can do anymore if you're like, I'm 56, maybe try to learn another language. But yeah, keep your brain active is a, is a good thing to do anyway. But uh, the other three are uh, hypertension, especially in midlife. So hypertension is, is high blood pressure. And, and then diabetes and smoking are also risk factors for dementia. Okay, wonderful. So that's that's good to know because a lot of this is are things that we can control um, in in terms of how we eat and um, exercise and choices that we make. So um, very very true. Um, Mark, what um, do you want to go may, into? May a I bit may more I make detail? one disclaimer, Lori? May I make sure. one disclaimer? This is sure. this is true if you look at a lot of people. So if you if you study one million people, you will see that this is true. But for an individual, it's not a guarantee that if you don't smoke or if you live healthy, that you don't get diseases. Mm-hmm. So people should never blame themselves or anybody else and say, okay, if you had done this differently, then you don't, you wouldn't have got the disease. I think that's a very important point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's there's so much with this disease that we don't know. Um, even though it's been around for, you know, 100 years, there's still a lot we need to learn. Um, and it's amazing all the, the studies um, that are coming out right and left in the clinical trials and um, just the, the social aspects in terms of engagement. I mean, things. it's just nice to see all the chatter um, in the dementia-friendly communities and um you know things it, it's it all it all will help but again we should never you're correct we should never blame ourselves for for um you know getting ill especially with a disease like this because there are so many unknowns um you know with it, it again this is about reducing you know hopefully reducing your risk factors in yeah. terms of, yeah. of adjusting this so do you want to talk a little bit more about about each of those categories at all or yeah that's okay um so if you look at the the four domains then um so developmental and early life factors that means that um from your birth on um all the things that are happening with you have an have an impact on your possible disease in later life. Um, and that's, I think we are more and more, as, as human beings, we are more and more in, aware of that, how important it is that uh, little children get a good start in life. And now we see that same pattern also for dementia, that they benefit from going to school, uh, get good, good education. Um, then the psychological factors uh, is a, is a bit um, more complicated. So the researchers looked at the relationship between depression and dementia, anxiety, stress, sleep disorders. Um, there seems to be some uh, relationships, but it's not so clear that we can say, okay, this is absolutely the case. Especially depression, it looks like depression is... Uh, something that comes together with dementia and sometimes people have depression first and then develop dementia but we're not sure what the relationship is because 
we can imagine that if you if you lose some grip on your life, what is happening with dementia, that that can be a reason for depression as well. So whether it's one way around or the other way, we were not sure about that. Um, then uh, the lifestyle is an is an important point, and it's uh, it's highly discussed also in the social media. And sometimes you see messages about uh, if you drink coffee that reduces your risk or uh, eat raspberries and things like that. Uh, it's not easy to to really find the evidence for this because it's a, it's a complex issue. And with, with a clinical trial, you have a pill that you give someone or you give a, a placebo and then you measure the difference. But of course, eating is, is something much more complex. So... What we saw is uh, clearly that there is a relationship with smoking and that smoking is not good for your health, we know already, but it's also not good for your brain. Uh, alcohol is more, uh, is a bit different. So it seems that a little bit of alcohol is not bad, but of course, alcohol abuse is, is very bad for you. But alcohol in itself is not a risk factor for dementia. It was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, physical activity um, seems to be good, but there is not so much evidence. It's more like indirect evidence because physical activity is good for your heart, good against diabetes. Uh, then it's likely that it's good for reducing ris your risk of dementia as well. But the evidence is not so strong. And it's the same with the diet. Uh, the only study that has a clear um, shows a clear benefit is is a big study that was done in the U.S. on uh, the Mediterranean diet. But still, that's only one study. So the researchers hesitate a bit to say, okay, this is this is the golden grail, the holy grail, and everybody should should do that. Then finally, the area where where the evidence is strongest is is the cardiovascular risk factors. So everything that relates to the heart has an impact on the brain as well. Um, we clearly saw that hypertension in midlife is a risk factor. Um, interestingly, it's not anymore when people are older. So midlife is around 50. If you're in your 70s or 80s, then a bit higher blood pressure is not bad for your risk of getting dementia. Um, and then diabetes and, and is clearly a risk factor in, in both ages, so in midlife, but also in late life. Okay. I think that's a lot of information. <laughs> Sorry, Louis, yeah. but uh, yeah, oh, the whole report, report is is 100 pages, so it, it's uh, it's very very much uh, to read, and that's why we try to summarize it. Yeah, which is which is great because it is a, a lot to take in. Um, but it's but it's wonderful that uh, that this study was done and that it was uh, you know launched during uh, World Alzheimer's Month too. I think that that's just a, a fantastic uh, route to go. Um, now, when you do these studies, is this uh, connected with the World Health Organization as well, or is this just well, strictly ADI? Yeah, it's, it's strictly ADI. But with, okay. with this report, we really um, we we aim to influence the World Health Organization because they are recommending uh, public health campaigns to reduce your risk on, on chronic diseases like cancer and, and heart disease and diabetes. 
Um, but they don't mention that all those things, because they're mostly the same things that I just mentioned, all those things are good for your brain as well. Um, so we would like to see the World Health Organization and also the national governments, if they start public health campaigns, um, that they include the brain health as well. And I think we think that that makes the message even stronger. Okay. And I know your your mantra is what's good for your heart is good for your brain, um, which makes a, a lot of sense. Um, something that we all know, but we don't we don't always we don't always yeah. follow as individuals. No, no, that's not easy. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah. But it's it's right. It's uh, what's good for your heart is good for your brain. Is it's certainly true. Okay. And this this was already, I think, something that was known by the research community. But this report, uh, yeah, proves that again. So it confirms the earlier thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, I, I'm just looking at the chat box here, Mark, and uh, Norm McNamara is with us, and he just said to say hi from from he, uh, he himself and uh, Elaine. And um, Norm's, as you know, is just doing amazing work in terms of, of reaching people and connecting us all around the world as well um, with his with his mission to shift our dementia care yeah. culture and the Purple Angel. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Norm's was last year at the, the launch we did of the report in 2013. He was present, and I admire him much in the way he he gives energy and, and passion and, and encouragement to local communities, especially in the UK, um, just by going out and making every city step-by-step, step, making them dementia-friendly, and he's doing an amazing job there. Yeah, it's it's um, he's almost spooky because of what one person can do, but it really makes you step back and look at yourself and, and go, you know what, we, we all can have that impact if we choose to. And um, you know, it's just it's so neat to see that that ripple effect. And you know, when when you're open um, with your information and when you really put the mission first, I, I think it just expands um, so beautifully. And you know, you guys are doing such such great work. I also wanted to talk about. I, well, first I should ask you: Was there anything else you wanted to say say on on this particular study? Um, no, there's more happening in, in the dementia world, so other things to talk about as well if you have time. Okay, okay. Because I'm really interested in what's going on with the, the G8 summits. Um, I know you're heavily involved with those. I, I don't think you're ever home. You're constantly traveling to, to some meeting around the world. Um, but can you kind of give us an update on what's going on with the G8 Summit on dementia? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the G8 Summit was last winter in London, and in this year there's a number of follow-up events, and all of them are hosted by different countries. Um Unfortunately, Russia is out of the G8 because of the whole issue with uh, Ukraine. So it's now G7. But there has been uh, two events this year so far, one in in London, one in Ottawa, Canada. And the London event was about um, social innovation. Uh, How can we find uh, new ways of funding research and engage new, new groups in society? And the uh, 
Canada meeting was about how can the industry and the universities work together better, especially in the area where you're not yet in a stage of a drug with a patent, but before that. So the basic research and identifying the right compounds that are promising for the future. Um, and what I learned from that meeting, and I'm, I'm not so into it in detail, or I wasn't, is there's a lot of bureaucracy in the whole drug development process. And for instance, if a company and a university work together on a, on a test, then it takes them nine months to, to put together a contract and agree on it. And of course, all these things slow down the, the development process. And if you imagine that how many more people would benefit from a new drug if it's nine months earlier. That would be a shame. So I think it was a very good initiative to, to have this conversation. Um, another important topic is the, the quality of the care, and that will be the focus of the next meeting in November in Japan. Um, so Japan is hosting that event and have, has asked people to come forward with good examples of good practices. So ADI is preparing a paper on that. And, and then in uh, February 2015, there will be an event in the U.S. in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, that will be organized by NIH. And they will, I think, do sort of wrap up all the, the research where we are at the moment and what we can recommend for the future. And then the final event will be in Geneva in March next year at the WHO, the World Health Organization, and that will wrap up everything and make some recommendations for the future. And it looks like that um, as a result of that, this will be on a top priority for the World Health Organization in the next years, which is a real great outcome of the whole process. Oh yeah, that would that'll be great. Do you do you foresee other companies, other companies, other countries um, joining the the G7 summit, or do you think you'll be holding with the seven at this point? Well, um, it is the objective to involve others. So there were some people from uh, developing countries, for instance, in the London event. Someone from Indonesia presented on on a lovely uh, awareness campaign they have started. By, by using the 10 warning signs that are very known in the U.S., but they have mm -hmm. translated it and transformed it in a in a way that is more appropriate for their country. Um, but I think it's one of the... It's not so easy for, for organizing uh, beyond the G7 because the G7 countries do have some regular meetings and with their civil servants to prepare... So that's what, why they have reached out to the World Health Organization because the World Health Organization is, uh, is covering the whole world, all the countries of the world, and they should um, they should broaden it to to everybody. Okay. And of course, that's also the reason they come to ADI for all these meetings and ask us what we can present. Yeah. So they need they need organiza standing organizations, existing organizations that can reach out to the whole world because otherwise if you have to do that country by country then it's a it's a nightmare in terms of logistics and organization okay and that's the okay. the thing that makes g7 very flexible is that it's just a small number of countries and so they can act quite quickly 
Okay, and and I can see where that that makes sense. Like you said, the the bureaucracy and the, the politics of it all can get I I would imagine a little overwhelming at times trying to push things through. Yeah, yeah. With all the different all the different needs, can you just tell our audience um, who all is part of the G seven? Because I'm just thinking not everyone probably knows. Oh yeah, of what, course. So the USA, Canada, Japan. UK, uh, France, Germany, and Italy. And originally, those were the seven uh, largest economies of the world. Of course, they are not anymore. China is now the, the second largest. Um, countries like India and Brazil are also emerging. So there is another uh, platform, that's the G20. Um, but the G7 still exists. So it's uh, USA, Canada, Japan, uh, United Kingdom, Germany, France, and Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, that's that's helpful for some people. Um, can you tell us um, what what else have you guys been up to? I know that there's been some other things you're doing, and then maybe talk about what you're looking at doing in the future too. Um, but what are some some other projects that you've had had going um, that the public might be interested in knowing about? Yeah, I think your audience might be interested in that. We're at the, at, as we speak, uh, we are talking with um, groups of uh, people living with dementia about their engagement in ADI. So at the moment, we have a, um, one dedicated seat in the board of ADI for a person with dementia who has to be elected by our council. Uh, but we don't have any formal uh, advisory group or uh, working group or things like that, and we're we're just looking now into a way of making that happen. And this comes from a meeting that we had last year, no, earlier this year in Puerto Rico, with a group called uh, Dementia Alliance International. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they are uh, an independent NGO, but they like to work close with us, so we're we're looking at that, and we have a paper consultation paper circulated um, a few weeks ago and getting a response back um so this is something uh, that will probably in the next month come to a decision um and that really is something that i think is very important that we have the voice of the people who live with the disease themselves the, uh, stronger into the work of adi and yeah, very, we are very much engaged in the G7 work. There are some working groups uh, that we take part in. And then uh, the number of conferences coming. The annual conference in Europe is in October in Glasgow, Scotland. Um, and Scotland is a is a very uh, well-organized country with a good healthcare system and, uh, and lots of activities for people with dementia. A very working group of people who live with the disease themselves, uh, which is a bit of a role model for the rest of the world. So I very much look forward to to going there. And then a month later in Asia is the Asia-Pacific Conference in New Delhi in India, uh, which is, of course, also very exciting. And India being the second largest country in the world in terms of population and um I think they are catching up now on dementia, which was for a long time very much a taboo and a hidden disease. But that's changing, and I think this conference uh, can play a crucial role in 
in getting it uh, out to the public and talk more openly about it like like we do in, our, in your show of course mm-hmm. and then ADI itself has a has its annual conference next year in Australia and that's in April 2015 and we are very busy already in preparing for that Okay. Now, you have a, a Facebook promotion going on, too, that people could still um, still utilize. Do you want to talk a little bit about that um, in terms of raising yeah. awareness? Yes. Um, uh, let me see. There's quite a lot of things happening on Facebook, but we were, we were aiming for a special app, but that's not ready yet. It's not launched. Um, okay. And there was some technical... Oh, okay. Because I, well, I have seen people put the banner out um, if they went to alls. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. That, that is related to the report. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a sort of simple uh, summary of the, of the main messages from the report. And uh-huh. I think it's a very nice poster that we have over there with, with five, five recommendations what you can do. Um, and people are using that a lot. Okay. So the, the five things that are, you can do is look after your heart, be physically active, follow a healthy diet, challenge your brain, and enjoy social activity. Um, although I made some nuances earlier about how strong the evidence is for all these things to be beneficial for your brain, we think that overall these this five things you can do are uh, very beneficial for for both your physical and your mental activity, your brain, your brain health and your body health. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So this is this is shared with many people. It's also uh, translated into many languages and, and used all around the world for awareness campaigns. Okay, and you also have, um, you know, on your on your site where inform- people can find information on dementia or caring for a person, or if they have dementia themselves, you've got some resources and things listed. So um, there's just, a, it, you know, it's a really nice, it's an easy maneuver to maneuver um, website, um, loaded with with great information and if you're looking for research um you know you've got wonderful connections here um i would also like to to point out too that um you're always open to donations and there is a donate button on the site and you can just go to www.alz.co.uk um and um you know and, and help push the cause along there too if you'd like to, um, all these organizations work so hard, um, and you know there's just not a ton of funding out there, and so they it need, they all need our help as well. And this would be a, a great place to be able to to help um, help the organization as a whole. So if you've got some extra cash and want to do something with it, um, you know, go to Alzheimer's Disease International and click on that donate button. I I, I would imagine Mark would highly appreciate that. So. <laughs> Sure. Group. Yeah. Well, we're we're not actively seeking donations because mm-hmm. most people donate to the national organization, and the national organization pays a contribution to ADI as well. But of course, there are also people who donate directly to ADI, and that's highly appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's people who were born in one country and then live in another country, and they feel that they are a bit connected internationally. So then they come to us. Mm-hmm. 
but of course you don't have to to do that um, yeah that's uh, it's really appreciated and thank you for mentioning okay um anything else that you would you would like to cover mark while while I have this opportunity to have you live on the air um well, on our website, you can also find a page that uh, that uh, gives a list of Alzheimer associations around the world. Um, so wherever you live, you can click on the country, and if there is an association, then you can find the details. Um, that's that's one of the two most used pages. The other one is about the early symptoms. That's also clicked on very much. Um, and, well, I think... Uh, what is i assume most of your listeners will be in the us and i hope that many of them are taking part in memory walks i've seen several announcements on uh, the walk to end alzheimer's from different states of the us so i wish everybody if you participate a very good walk um many of these walks are also happening in in other countries there was a, a big walk yesterday in indonesia there's a whole series of walks in the UK at the moment and in the coming days as well and, and many, many other countries. So this is something that unites us worldwide, that we uh, we go out to the public and uh, we talk about it and we raise money for the cause. And I think that's really wonderful. Yep. And I, I'm just going to point out, if people go to the ADI website um, to find those, um, to find the closest uh, um, Alzheimer's Association closest to you, go to Global Information and then click on Finding Help, and it'll have a whole list of the associations listed there. Um, so it's very, very easy to find um, and and drill down to what it is that you're looking for with that. Well, Mark, once again, I appreciate your time. I, I love having you on the show. You're doing great, great work, and um, you know we're just uh, we're thrilled that you're able to take the time to to share with us um, all that you are doing. And um, again, can't thank you enough for for your wonderful work. Um, it's it's making a big difference, making a really big difference. I, I've seen a huge difference just in the last. Um, you know, three to five years, especially in terms of how the disease is being dealt with and and talked about. And I would imagine you're seeing um, the change, too, in terms of, of companies and organizations and just communities as a whole in terms of how they are. Um, how they're dealing with dementia or or willing to have conversations about it um, to me is just incredible the the significance in the changes okay thank you uh, Lori and I always appreciate to be on your show and talking to you okay well we will I'm sure we will have you on again just keep us posted when you've got uh, got something else that you want us to help uh, kind of roll out and and let people know about where we we're we're here when you need us okay Okay, yeah, fine, that's very good. Okay, you have a great week, and again, thanks for um, taking this time to spend with us today, Mark. Have a nice evening, and um, we'll continue our day here in the U.S. because it's just morning here, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're more moving towards the end of the day, yeah. Okay. And it's a lovely lovely, um, sort of Indian summer still, although 
autumn officially started yesterday. We still have enjoy good weather here. Yeah, it's uh, they're talking maybe even hitting the 80s here in Minnesota, which will be really nice because it's oh, gotten wow. fairly chilly. We've been pulling our plants in and stuff lately, but uh, we had uh, in fact we had our house had a really nice. Uh, party patio party um my daughter um had a baby reveal party so we found the sex of the baby out last night but we were all able to be outside and enjoy the weather no it's not going to last a lot longer but we'll take what we can get <laughs> so okay. anyway Good. but th- but thanks again so much for joining us mark and we will talk soon okay yeah thanks a lot and take care and bye everybody who's listening point out um, a few more things. Uh, This is just kind of a special show that we had today, so we won't be going for the full two hours. Um, If you didn't get a chance to hear the last couple of shows, we've had uh, two, I think, really interesting shows. One was on Fuel for Thought, and it's a new coconut oil drink that's out that is more point. Uh, more I can't say the word now it is um, it has less calories and it's more potent uh, than straight coconut oil all natural and it's called fuel for thought and so we had a really interesting conversation about that I also had a Girl Scout on Evelyn Jackson who is getting her gold award and she created a book called this is me and it's an identity book for those dealing with dementia and you you can actually get uh, the free download of how to how to make one of these yourself. Um, but the gold award is is the highest uh, award that a Girl Scout can get. It's kind of like an Eagle Scout for the Boy Scouts. Tomorrow we're going to have a two-hour special called Keeping Safe in Today's World, and we're going to be focusing on Project Lifesaver. And so we've got... Um, one of the leaders from Project Lifesaver, uh, Mara Botanis, is going to be with us, Michael Ellenbogen. So we're going to have a variety of people talking about, you know, how do we keep people safe? Um, Harry Urban is also going to join us on that show. Um, it'll be very interesting um, to hear everyone's opinions and how do we keep a person with dementia safe um, and still be dignified? Um, what terms do we use? Um, it, you know, is coming up too in the conversations that we're having lately. Uh, and then our last dementia chats actually was on um, phrases that we use, and one is that I, one is a phrase that I use that I won't be using in the future, though this. Uh, this Thursday, I have, no, it's this Wednesday, I think, I have a presentation called Living Well with Dementia. And on Dementia Chats, they talked about how they didn't like that phrase, that as the disease progresses, they feel they are less likely or able to be able to live well with the disease because they have fewer options to adapt. And so I've agreed in the future to call it living with dementia instead of living well with dementia. Um, and so that was a really interesting conversation. If people want to hear that, all of all of our radio shows and all of the Dementia Chats webinars are recorded and they're free. And then our, we will also be having a Dementia Chats uh, session tomorrow, the 23rd, um, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I want to point out a few different things that are on the blog, and some of these you can find on our homepage on Alzheimer's Speaks too. There were a couple of um, newscasts uh, that were done. One CNN did with our friend Sandy Halperin, 
and it was about driving in dementia. And so I have that listed both on the homepage and on the blog. I've also linked it to our special we did on the radio show about a year ago about driving with dementia where we had people who had dementia. We had their care partners. We had doctors. We had insurance people. Uh, we had um Oh, gosh, uh, we had an uh, ex-state uh, patrol on. So it was a very, very interesting conversation. There's also another great video called um, Alzheimer's um, versus the Journalist, A Battle Against Time. And it's Greg O'Brien, who is a veteran journalist, and uh, News Station did four um, segments on him. I have the first one posted. I'll probably be posting another one yet this week. Um, Michelle, our intern, just wrote a nice little um, post on um, questioning myths about dementia. And then there's also a news interview that was done by Sue Zawaki um, from Aging Info Radio. Uh, she interviewed both myself and Mara Botanis. And then I did a piece called um, Learning to Say Goodbye. And again, you know, my mom passed away here in February, but for me, this was uh, another stage um, in terms of selling a family home and belongings and how I look at things differently than, than what I once did. I also want to note I'm going to be out in Pennsylvania for about 10 days. I'll be in Allentown, um October 16th with the CB Institute for their aging conference. We're going to be talking about academic and grassroots efforts of dementia-friendly models, and that is open to the public. I'll also be speaking um, in uh, Erie, uh, Pennsylvania on the 21st and Pittsburgh um, on the 23rd for the Alzheimer's Association's uh, uh, annual conferences. Again, that's the, the 21st and the 23rd out in Pennsylvania for that. And if you would happen to be in Roseville, Minnesota, and want to join us on Wednesday the 24th, I'll be doing um, my last Living Well with Dementia segment, which will now be uh, Living with Dementia. That's a town hall forum where I will be uh, doing a very brief keynote, and then I will be interviewing three couples from our memory cafes that will be talking about how they live with dementia. And we're going to break down their homes room by room, and when they go out in the community, if they travel, um, what have they done to be able to still engage and, and live um, live as purposeful as possible and as connected? And a very interesting conversation, um, and the public is open to join us. And then we are also going to have the fire and uh, police with us talking about how to prevent um, emergency situations and what do you do when you're in one. So it'll be about two hours long. It's free to the public. It's at the Roseville Library. Would love to have you join us if you're in the area. And um, <clears throat> again, if you have not already um, become a Purple Angel, I would encourage you to do so. Um, again, if you're in the U.S., you can just go to our site on Alzheimer Speaks on the About page. Click on the Purple Angel. If you're outside the U.S., it'll direct you uh, where to go <clears throat> to grab that uh, grab that information. So you can go to Norm's sites uh, as well. Uh, Alzheimer's Disease International. Again, if you're looking uh, for an Alzheimer's Association anywhere in the world, 
If you need uh, home health care, check out uh, Health Star. See if they're in your area. They just do a fantastic job. They have been trained by the Alzheimer's Whisperer. Uh, that is a really a very um, unique and special program. The Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation will give you ideas on how to deal with this disease in a holistic fashion. And if you're dealing with a specific type of dementia, such as Lewy body, frontal temporal lobe, or maybe you're dealing with some aphasia, um, there are national organizations for each of those. So go there to find support. Um, also on Facebook, there's a lot of great groups that um, you'll be able to find wonderful support for there. Um, and then one last reminder to look for that new CD that will be launched here probably the first week in October by Alzheimer's Music Connect, which is going to be just a fabulous holiday uh, CD when it's launched. I look forward to talking to everybody tomorrow. And again, feel free to you know call in and join us. Um, at 714-364-4757, or you can use, utilize the chat box. Tomorrow our conversation will be on Project Lifesa- Lifesaver, um, and um, it's going to be about wandering, eloping, escaping, um, exploring, whatever word you want to use. Um, and and that'll be part of the topic I'm sure we'll get into uh, the language there. So, again, thank you from alzheimerspeaks.com. Um, we look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Bye now. Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.